A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. The only thing I could wish for on such a lovely day like today would be for somebody to come along and hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by OPHCK. Those aren't the drinks you think they are, kid. We have a bar area in the house, and we have a mini fridge where we keep all the things we mixed like energy drinks, pineapple juice, pina colada juice, soda, etc. I went to the fridge to get myself an energy drink, and my nephew, 5 years old, was following me talking about school and looked inside the fridge when I opened it. I grabbed myself a monster and he pointed inside the fridge saying, can I have the green soda? I looked back in the fridge and see it's Sprite and ginger ale. His favorite soda is Sprite and I grabbed the can and he went, no, the big one. And I looked back in the fridge and there's no big soda. So I asked him what soda, I have it in my hand. And he walks up and grabs the bottle. It's concentrated lime juice and I laugh grabbing it saying, it isn't soda. And I tried giving him the can, but he was throwing a fit that he wanted the big soda. I kept trying to tell him it isn't soda, but he was so sure it was because it was green. So I poured a little into a cup. He asked for more, and I told him to just taste it first, and he said no, he wanted more. I told him if he wants more, he has to drink all of it. And he's like, duh, auntie, I want all of it. I said he can get all of it if he tries it first, and he agreed. I poured like a squirt amount, and he took a sip and immediately he got a sour face and held it in his mouth, trying to swallow it because we made that deal, and I just laughed saying he can spit it out. He comes back to me saying, Auntie, can I have the red juice then? And I open the fridge, seeing the concentrated tomato juice, and I look back at him shaking my head. The obvious happened. He didn't believe me that it wasn't the cranberry juice he likes and, of course, he wanted to try it so bad and I let him taste it and he spit it out saying, I don't like anything in this fridge, can I just have some water? Sure, kid. Now he knows not to drink anything from behind the bar cause everything tastes like caca. If you had a younger cousin or a nephew or a niece or whatever and they were at your place and they really wanted the green soda. They were being so insistent on it, like, please, just let me have the green soda. Would you let them try a little bit just for the hijinks of it? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is by RevolutionFriendly56. Help the boss hide evidence of his affair? Sure. Years ago, I lived in a small town with less than 10,000 people. Everyone knows everyone, and since they all went to the same kindergarten, elementary school, and high school, most of them end up marrying each other too. Yep, it's that small. I moved there for the adventure. Something about the wilderness, I supposed. I was a single guy and I also didn't know any better. It would be fun, right? Little does one know, a small town with only one industry that attracts mostly transient population of men, working 10 on, 4 off, and living in camp must be the definition of fun. I still don't know why I did it or why I stayed for so long. Small towns are like black holes. Once you're sucked in, it's hard to leave. There's a story I heard about this town. 
There's three women for every man in this town, so you're a lucky son of a gun. If you spent every Friday night at the only pub, you'll eventually realize it's the same three women for every man. Like I said, because everyone knows everyone, it's inevitable some of them are screwing each other regardless of their marital statuses. My boss owns a business and he flies out of town often to the next biggest city because that's where his family lives and where the children go to school. There is no way in heck his kids would grow up with these bumpkins, he says. The wife can't stand the town but would come and stay the week or even weekends every now and then. On some weekends though, she would be in town but he would have to go away on business. One weekend on my days off, I got an urgent call from my boss who says he was out of town but he needed me to quickly go into his home to help him retrieve something. He says, go through the basement door, it should be unlocked. Grab my laptop and all the receipts on the desk. If anyone approaches you, just be cool and pretend you belong there. Be quick and quiet. Want me to break into your house and grab properties that don't belong to me? Anything for you, boss. As you can see, I really needed the job. I pulled up near the house but parked further away. I surveyed the surroundings, took a deep breath, and walked quickly to the side of the house where the basement door is. Lo and behold, the basement door is unlocked. The muscle dogs in the backyard and could see me but didn't bark. How useful to have a guard dog that doesn't bark. I entered the basement and sure enough, there was a laptop that was plugged in and unlocked and a Ziploc bag with receipts. At this point, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but their fancy restaurant receipts, concert receipts, and receipts for hotel stays. Before I closed the laptop lid, I saw the thumbnails of the picture folder. Everything now makes sense. Then I heard a female voice from upstairs, so I shoved everything on the desk into a bag and booked it. Now, I was trying to be ninja sneaky on my exit, but the dang dog barked. I must have looked extra flustered when I looked back at the house and saw my boss's wife staring at me from behind the window. Crap, 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 crap. I drove straight home and took a long shower. My heart was pounding so fast, I probably forgot I couldn't remove fingerprints from my boss's home this way. Hopefully she didn't recognize me. My phone must have been going off the whole time because it was ringing when I got out of the shower. My boss asked, did you get it? I say, I did, but your wife saw me. He asks, did she see anything? I say she only saw me as I was leaving from a distance. He says, okay, this is what I want you to do. Drop this off at my office, put it into the drawer. I'll deal with this next Monday. I say, sir, I think I know what this is about and I won't say anything, but are you sure this is a good idea? He says, just do as I say. Okay. At this point, I think it's been at least half an hour since I was at the basement. I drove to the office and there were cars parked outside. It's a 24-7 operation after all. As I entered the office, I saw one of the operations supervisors who asked if I was working weekends again, and I said yes. I moved quickly down the hallway and made a turn into my boss's office. The boss's wife was there in his office, in his chair, arm crossed and looking pissed. She said that she could call the police, or I could tell her what I was doing at her house. In the end, she'll get the answer. She saw the grocery store bag I was holding on to and asked me what it was. At this point, I told her that I was told to bring this here and I need to put this into the drawer next to where she's sitting. I placed the package and left, then texted my boss that the deed is done. Great job! Next Monday, the poop hit the fan. I guess the boss's wife must have guessed the password to the laptop. 
I never got fired for what I did. After all, I did everything to a T. It was a tough next few months though as the boss and his wife worked through their divorce. The company ended up going into receivership and everyone got laid off, including me. After years at this small town, I finally found a way and motivation to finally leave. I feel like this story is perfect for some kind of book where like, you open to the preface of the book and the book's talking about how OP is a traveler going from city to city having different experiences throughout their life. And it says, this is how I moved to the small city of so-and-so and how I burned that city to the ground by destroying the only industry it had. LP showed up to the small town and took part in a big downfall for it. Our next story is by the Book of Rook. Ah, the Long Island iced tea. This goes back to my bartending days. I was bartending at one of my favorite places I've ever worked. It was a reliable pub with a few choice options and a bar that boasted one of the biggest whiskey menus in the state and a bartender culture that really prides itself on high quality whiskey and cocktail service. It was a busy weekend evening, pre-COVID, and things are running smooth until a Long Island gets sent back. Some bartenders biff a drink, it happens to the best. The bar staff there would bend over backwards for any customer who thought their drink was bad. It personally offenses to think we let a bad drink slip out, it's just the kind of bartenders they have there. And in those occasions, we would happily and expeditiously remake the drink free of charge so they can get on with their night. This particular Long Island I made, I know that because I'd made it less than two minutes before it was sent back, and we don't make a lot of those there. This isn't strong enough, did you even put any booze in here? It's not dark enough. I was aghast. I probably looked at her with a bewildered and stupid expression on my face, but what she was saying was asinine. I don't measure mixed drinks like a Long Island when I make them, I free pour. We also straw taste every drink we serve out of habit. It was fine. I've bartended for years and have very accurate pours. But even so, in the case of Long Strong Island, my free pours probably looked a bit more like 0.6 or 0.7 than just 0.5. For those who don't know, a Long Island iced tea has 5 liquors in it. 5 ounces of each tequila, rum, vodka, gin, 3 seconds, for a total of 2.5 ounces of booze. So this Long Island was already stronger than it was supposed to be. After all that liquor goes in the glass and is displaced by ice, there is just enough room for a fair amount of sour mix and a splash of Pepsi and Garish. Her condescending and rude tone really rubbed me the wrong way, especially since I made it a touch stronger on purpose so the liquor could stand up to all that mixer. It served in a pint glass after all. Okay, I said, I'll make it 100% by the book. Then I proceeded to grab my .5 jigger and measured out each liquor. There was considerably less liquid in this glass than the first one before I added the ice and everything else. After a straw taste on this one, it tasted like straight sour mix and I loaded it down with Pepsi to make it darker because that's what you look for, I guess. I handed her the new drink. She takes one sip. Oh yeah, this is way better, thanks. Yeah, whatever lady. Yeah, I'm gonna assume that this lady probably had some preconception of what the Long Island tea should be like. I'm gonna just go on a limb and assume OP is a good bartender like they're saying. My guess is the customer here doesn't understand what's wrong or like what isn't hitting their taste buds right. They probably mistakenly assume it's the booze, but when in fact it's probably they just enjoy everything other than the booze. And our final story of the day is by Fed Up Cat. Don't interrupt me for any reason? Okay. 
Back in the early to mid-1980s, I worked as a PBX operator. If you're unfamiliar, a PBX operator is responsible for switching calls on local lines within the internal telephone system of a large company or corporation. PBX stands for Private Branch Exchange and is a system that enables users to have external telephone lines without having to maintain a separate line for each user. The system that we used was an older one that had a switchboard where you had to pull up a line and plug it into a ringing phone line, flip a switch to answer the call, another to put them on hold, take messages, deliver messages, transferring calls, etc., while at the same time doing the exact same thing with as many as 20 to 30 other calls coming in at the same time on other switchboard lines. Our switchboard held up to around 100 phone lines. Picture the old and, yes, I'm that old, Lathin skits with Ernestine the Operator, played by Lily Tomlin, and you get the idea. It's fast-paced, stressful, and not for the faint of heart. I worked side-by-side with Mary and Jake. We had relief operators that would take over, so that we could have a break or eat lunch or dinner. During our 30-minute lunch break, weather permitting, we would go outside where there were picnic tables that we could sit at to eat, sleep, or just decompress. Mary liked to sit out at a picnic table alone and read a book during break, and didn't want to be interrupted while she was reading for any reason, and would scream, kick at, push, and curse whomever had the nerve to do it. One day, Jake and I walked outside, saw her reading, and decided to just grab another table. And that's when we saw it. A snake. It was under Mary's table and slithering toward her feet. Jake knew immediately that it was a harmless black king snake. I didn't, but all snakes terrify me, so I tried to get Mary's attention. She gave me the finger and grumbled, freak off, witch. Jake told me to let her find out on her own. Cue malicious compliance in a three, two, one. The snake slithered over Mary's sandaled feet. At first, she just moved her feet and kept on reading, but the snake had other plans and came back again to her feet. Again, Mary moved her feet, but the snake held on so she looked beneath the table to see what the problem was. She screamed and jumped off the bench so fast that she scraped both knees on the underside of the table and the back of one ankle on the bench. When she was about 10 yards away from the picnic table, she started screaming at Jake and me. Why the freak didn't you tell me there was a snake under there, you morons? I say I tried. Jake says, you made it clear that you didn't want to be interrupted. Mary says, you could have interrupted me to tell me there was a snake. I say, I tried. You told me to freak off and called me a witch, remember? She says, well, obviously I didn't mean it. Jake says, well, how are we supposed to know that? Mary says, it's a snake. Jake went to Mary's table and retrieved the three to four foot long king snake and let it wrap around his hand and arm. This caused Mary to back up even further. Mary yelled, kill it, get rid of it. Jake says, nope. I'm going to let this little guy live right here until you apologize to OP for telling her to freak off and calling her a witch. Mary doubled down and refused, saying she had every right to protect her me time and wasn't about to apologize for it. Jake laughed and told her that, in that case, he wouldn't interrupt her me time any longer and laid the snake on top of her book that was still on the table The snake seemed to like the nice warm pages and curled up for a nap in the sun. Mary never did retrieve her book. It sat on the picnic table a little over a week before it disappeared. We figured it was maintenance that took it when they mowed the lawn. Mary also never apologized, but 
She never went outside for break again either, choosing instead to sit on the floor by the door to read. I don't really have much to say in regards to trying to make her apologize and whatnot, but what I do have to say is if you're going to go sit outside, blissfully in the sun, maybe in a field where a picnic table is, you gotta understand there's gonna be some nature out there. And I'm gonna be honest, over my years, I've seen some eastern racers, which are the black, pure black snakes that are apparently harmless. And although everybody's always like, they're harmless, they won't hurt you, it's still terrifying. Years ago, I go out into the backyard and I move something out there, and as soon as I lift it up, a black racer goes slithering away super quickly. It's pretty terrifying. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 